0: Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 84 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking time out of your day or evening to spend with us. You can follow the show on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. And you can also join our Facebook group, Baseball365, where, you know, even during the offseason, we're talking about baseball, we're talking about the playoffs, we're talking about Dynasty League trades already. I'm seeing people posting about values and trades for uh, some of these guys. Just like the group, it's baseball lives, 365 days a year and some of these guys are already into off-season talking about dynasty trades and if you'd like to support our show the other way you can do it is leave a five-star rating and a quick review on itunes if you take a minute or two to do that we would be greatly appreciative on tonight's episode andrew and i are going to talk about the league championship series and both of them and then we're going to go over our 365 wagers that we made in this past year now i'll tell you guys this off the top i think every bet we made was before covid shut down the season in march i'm guess i'm bringing these guys up because in some way shape or form andrew and i had opposing views and you know there's no winners and losers from these bets because they're kind of thrown out the window but I thought it'd be good to look again at these players and see if we have any evaluation changes moving forward. And who knows, maybe we'll even be able to get a better two in here for next year. So let's get Andrew on. Andrew, my opening question for you. True or very true, are these Rays the most exciting playoff team we've seen this century? <laughs>
1: oh i mean uh i think the only answer now is uh very true right
0: it has to be have have, i know we've talked about this off air have we actually even discussed on air like your love for this team and how you've been Uh, a little make it
1: a little bit yeah i think so yeah yeah uh, no they're uh they're growing on me jokes aside i mean i respect what they've done it's it's actually incredible to me when i sit back and think about it so well done Rays and uh, I think it's going to be a good World Series. Yeah, I
0: I think we've got a real fun World Series up ahead with them and the Dodgers. Um wh- miraculous what they're doing. I just before we got on air, I was look scrolling through Facebook and I had seen that in this COVID shortened season, the Rays payroll I think is 28 million or 26. One of those two. And the reason I know that's because Kershaw and Mookie Betts alone made twenty six or twenty eight million, whatever one yeah. the other
1: one was. I saw it too. It was twenty the Rays was twenty eight and the Kershaw and Betts was twenty six. I saw it. It's amazing. Uh yeah. you know,
0: they just continue getting by playing the very, very conservative game in terms of spending. And, you know, there are a lot of people with different opinions on that and and some people are absolutely d- are disgusted by the Rays because they won't spend any money. And then those other teams, that give them props for being able to make a lot out of a little. And you could both could be true. It really just de- however you want to take it. I, do you really have an opinion on that either way?
1: No, no, not specifically. No, I, like I said, I, I give them props for what they're doing. I, you look around the team and it's not a lot of superstars, but uh, it just, it seems like they get, production from every guy and they do all of the little things like they put the ball in play. They play good defense. Don't strike out a lot, et cetera, et cetera. And those things all add up. I mean, I was telling somebody today, I think they probably get more from like, you know, there's, I think there's 26 guys on the playoff roster more from like players 11 through 26 than any team in the league. Yeah. You know, it's just all of the guys are contributing, and um, it may not be a ton from any one guy. I mean, obviously a Rosarena right now, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there's just a lot of guys doing a little bit, and it all adds up to a really good team. So,
0: yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Say whatever you want about ownership; they are so well run inside that organization in the baseball operations part. Because for that, that I was gonna say they get the most out of these guys and they're getting yeah really good production out of the and you know playing the they you know they play the platoon game a lot they play matchups they do a lot of the studying in terms of shifting and yeah they they're just really well run and here with one of those are are they the thirtieth ranked payroll or surely the pirates are behind them i don't know i don't know, if you know um,
1: i don't know i don't know offhand but i would guess 29 or 30. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyway, we had two really good championship series here, and it was a, you know, I, I think this was one of the best years of championship series we've seen in a long time. Both series looked like they were done about halfway through with um, the, in the American league, it was a three Oh series lead for Tampa. And on the other side, the Braves got off to a two Oh lead and then three one. And both series, despite the fact that it was three zero and three one, both series came back to a game seven. Which I don't know. I, I I needed to look. I should have looked to see when the last time both championship series went to a game seven. Do you have? Did, did you see that anywhere?
1: I'm sure that no. you know, stat was out there. No, I didn't see that. No, the so, razor the razor twenty were 28th this year out of thirty. Jeez, in in. Uh, Payroll. So the pirates ahead, ahead of uh, pirates were twenty nine, and Orioles were thirty.
0: Uh, okay, Baltimore. I would have guessed that Baltimore still spent more. Just if anything else, that Chris Davis contract. I'm really surprised. Yeah. that
1: there they spent more. Huh? And Dodgers were two behind the Yankees.
0: So the second from the highest and the second from the lowest. Amazing. So anyway, um, I did some research because I was really curious. For starters, you know, we know about the 2004 Red Sox coming back from 3 nothing to beat the Yankees. But I didn't know if any other team had ever even forced a Game 7 before. And come to find out, it's never happened in baseball playoff history. It's happened in other sports. Hockey, I think I saw in hockey it's happened four times. I could be wrong on that, the number, but... Did you know that no team had ever even forced a game seven? Down three? From down
1: from down three out, no. I, I think I heard it during the series or when they forced it, but um no, I wouldn't have known that going in, no.
0: Yeah. And anyway, the despite all of that and it not looking good for Tampa there going into game seven, I'm sure they had to have extra pressure. I would be pressing. I know if I was in that spot, terrified of the um you know, finishing off this epic choke, basically. But they got it done. And, you know, Rosa Arena came out there. I think he homered that game. I'm, you know, we've, it's been a few nights now. I'm trying to remember who were the big players in that game, but they went out and got it done. What, what, did you get to watch game seven?
1: Uh, all the games are running together uh-huh. now. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I think it was Saturday night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I think it was a Rosarena and maybe Zanino. I don't remember exactly, but that's right. Z- um, yeah, yeah. I mean, three zero then three three. I mean, it was just uh, yeah, good series. I'm not surprised the Rays won, but yeah, good series.
0: It's gonna be fascinating. I um was on the Prospect Three Sixty One podcast this last weekend. And we were talking about a Rosarena's value in drafts going into next year, and it's going to be fascinating to see what happens to that guy this next year, this next offseason in drafts. He's going to get a lot of helium, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll wait till we get some ADPs before we really get into that. But um, on the other side, another the comeback happened by the Dodgers down 3-1 to force the Game 7. And again, I was really curious – what the stats were on this going into this series, not counting this championship series, 87 teams in baseball history had fallen to three, one in a playoff series. And of those 87, 17 of those series, a game seven was forced with the team who came back to force the game seven, having won 13 of those 17 game sevens. So now it's 14 of 18. The Dodgers did it and, I got to say, I'm not really that surprised that this happened just because the Dodgers, I mean, we talked about this going in. They just felt like a far superior team. But good for the Braves for going out there and making a series out of it much more than I predicted they would. I was trying to get you to bet that it would be five or less and, you know, we'd take the chop at five. But, you know, they came out there and pitched real well early on. The bats provided some real good sparks, but this one's going to hurt. I mean... Did you, uh, Sundays, you usually don't work Sundays. Did you get to watch the majority of that game last night? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I watched all of it last night. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, I, the, the Braves, I mean, got to give them a lot of credit. Like Ian Anderson was way better than I expected him mm-hmm. to be in the, in really throughout these playoffs. And uh, everybody else kind of stepped up. I mean, Kyle Wright had the really bad outing in game three, but. Other than that, their pitching just um, pitched pretty out of their minds throughout. So yes. especially against a Dodger lineup that's really, really good. For the most part, Braves pitching was good. So came down to the last game, they won by a run. I mean, it could have went either way last night. It was really good.
0: Yeah, they won by a run and that I mean, that's gotta sting because Mookie Betts goes out there and robs Freddie Freeman of a home run. There's a run. And then the other big play was that second and third and one out. Or, actually, there was nobody out. Second and third, nobody out. Yeah, and double play. And the hard ground ball hit to the third baseman. And both the fielders, or, you know, the whoever was on third, I can't remember now, bolted for home. And the guy on second stopped. And next thing we know, we're in a rundown. And the guy who's in between, caught between third and home's Trying to stall to get the guy to the other guy at least a third, he doesn't get there quick enough. And next thing we know, a double play happens and that rally ends. Just painful for the Braves. I it's got to this one's got to sting for a while. But the one thing I said after the game, and and I think a lot of people were making this joke, they are most of Braves fans are Atlanta sports fans and they may be conditioned for this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean. I, you can't ever be, I feel like in these, um, especially in baseball more so than like NBA or something, but it's just, you can't really ever be too certain that it's over. I mean, three, one, while it may have seemed insurmountable, it's like, it's a Dodgers three game sweep Mm -hmm. is what it takes. And. I mean, we all know the Dodgers are the better team. I mean, even even if they lost this series, I would have thought that, honestly. But, um, yeah, just it doesn't take much for it to turn pretty quick. So it's good stuff. That was a great series. I had a lot of fun watching it.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The back and forths, there was a lot of pressure. Every inning just felt like it was huge going in, like those last couple games watching them.
1: I tell you what, Acuna... Freeman and Ozuna was just yeah I mean those three are that's probably the best trio of offensive hitters in baseball right now at least if not it's right there but I think it might be the best
0: I'm it's gonna be really curious to see if they can lock Ozuna down and try to keep him there for a little while he is a free agent at the end of this year But one thing I will say is, you know, they've got Acuna and Albies on pretty team friendly deals. So maybe they will be able to pull that off and keep him around. I hope so because it was a lot of fun watching that offense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're tough.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to make some World Series predictions at the end of this episode, but we'll take a quick break here and then we're going to come back and get started on these 365 bets. Okay, again, we're not going to be doing a tally here. The shortened season screwed up these bets. This is more to discuss these players and see if one of our evaluations could be different going forward or just talk about them next year. So we're going to start off with the first bet Andrew and I made this last offseason, and that would be Marcus Simeon, over under 25 home runs in 2020. I had the under, and Andrew, you had the over. So this year's... Simeon filled up the stat lines with seven home runs and four steals in 53 games with 28 runs, 23 RBI, but the batting average tumbled to 223. So I went on and took some time and went to baseball savant and the 53 game sample size is not pretty barrels, hard hit rate, expected batting average all down pretty significantly from his 2019 season. His, Expected batting average was actually in the bottom seven percent of the league. Um, going into last offseason, his ADP was eighty eight going into this year. Power speed combos are hard to find though. So, Andrew, do you think his ADP should drop and like how significantly do you think that it should, if so?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it should drop. Uh what's eighty round six? Man, that's high. I wouldn't have taken him there. I wouldn't have taken him there. That I mean, anyways. But I think yeah, like maybe fifty spots or so. I think it'll drop something like that. Maybe like round nine.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. And yeah, the other thing of note, shortstop is so deep. Like we've talked about, it's the deepest position in fantasy sports. To where yeah, it's just. Yeah, I think I'm letting him drop. He might be one of those guys that be interesting to take if you just completely punt the position for a while and then get him later, but
1: Yeah. I am yeah, he still hits still in a good offense and yes. um probably hitting at the top of it, but you can't ever be too sure with that on a good team. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I would guess somewhere in like that uh one twenty to one fifty range, maybe. Yeah, I agree.
0: I think that probably
1: is about a good spot for him.
0: All right, next one was more dollars earned in 2020. I had Wilson Contreras, and Andrew, you had Mitch Garver. I don't think either of us would have really deserved a win from this bet. Oh, no.
1: You, you won. <laughs>
0: yeah, Contreras was less bad. I think that's the definitely. way we'd have to say it. Um, yeah, definitely. Garver did not pick up where he left off in 2019, and he only had 81 plate appearances due to an injury, but he struck out. 37 times in those 81 plate appearances. That's a 45% strikeout rate. That's kind of hard to succeed at that rate, even if you have Joey Gallo power. I think he had finished with 167 with two home runs. But um, Contreras, he wasn't as bad. Most, Though most who took him early were also disappointed. He hit 243 with seven home runs. I guess the catcher position as a whole was pretty rough. So maybe even despite that, he was still a pretty good catcher, but... Clearly, we're taking Contreras ahead of Garver in drafts next year, but Garver's going to go much, much later in drafts after seeing his stock fall. Who would you guess you're more likely to own next year in drafts?
1: Contreras.
0: Are you completely out on Garver then?
1: Um, I mean, I, I think that a lot of it with him is just, I don't think like the playing time, it's just, mm-hmm. um, it's not there. Like it is going to be with Contreras. I mean, obviously it'll be cheaper, but I think Jeffers is going to play a lot more too next year to where um, I mean, Garver might only be playing like 50% of the time or so. So I don't know. I, it's its hard to say, but I mean, I, with Contreras, I know it wasn't the greatest season, but you at least have, that's the security of that, and, um, yeah, I would I would definitely. I, I If I'm going to own one of these guys, it, it'll be Contreras, I'm sure.
0: Is Contreras still a top five starting catcher right now? I'm trying to pull this up to look and see who could be up there with him, but I would think he's probably still right there. I would the...
1: think, yeah, I would think right there, yeah.
0: Let's see, Real Muto, Grandal, Contreras. Samuel Will, Smith. Perez, Will Smith. I think those would be the guys. I'm trying to think if anybody yeah. else popped up this year. But, yeah, that's probably our five. So, okay. We'll move on to number three. More fan dollars earned in 2020. I had Forrest Whitley and, Andrew, you had Nate Pearson. This one was pretty great. as Pearson was the one that pitched throwing 18 innings. But he had a rough start in there that screwed his stats up. So I had a feeling going in that. But um, that both would have provided in the negative just from Whitley not p- p- pitching. But which one ended up being worse? And the one who pitched 18 innings or the one that didn't pitch at all? And I couldn't find anything when I went to Whitley. Um, guess they didn't, on fan graphs, they don't really give a dollar amount if he didn't play. So he had zero, Pearson had negative 80. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't know if that right. means I get a win. Didn't he
1: have... Didn't he have? He had the
0: one really good start, right? Yeah, he's the first start. One bad
1: one. Yeah,
0: but it was a bad one. It was a real bad one, and then he went on the injured list. But yeah, that's rough. I, I here's my question for next year. You know, Pearson, high velocity guy, already had an injury. Whitley, we still haven't even seen him yet. Over under, if I how many like do either of these guys throw 120 innings in the major next year? And if I set the bar at like half of a 0.5, would you take the over or under?
1: On either one of them? Yeah. yeah. Both of them 120? are there. Twenty. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, I will say... over but barely and um you don't feel great about it no no yeah no i don't know i i don't feel great about it i don't i don't really know my answer but i'll just say over and be be the optimist i guess
0: yeah i hope it happens both of them are fun electric arms whitley the the astros need him they they really i shouldn't say need they really could use him to step up and be the at least start uh, starting pitcher too that they hoped, if not ace, and then I say that the the Jays surprised and played pretty decent this year. I know they they were trendy, but I don't. I think they still did pretty well for the year, but they could really use Pearson to be one of those frontline starters for them because they're they're hoping to you know get into the playoffs in the next year or two. And, you know, I, I say they they did it this year with the expanded playoffs, but I think you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he would – I mean, him him turning into, like, that guy that they can count on would just be massive for that team.
0: Yes. Yes, they really need that. Okay, moving on. The next one, over under 160 innings pitched for Michael Kopak in 2020. And, well, Kopak didn't pitch. He opted out, so – um, obviously,
1: don't... obviously, to remind everybody, we made these in March. I know you said that, but uh-huh. I just want to say it again because uh, we definitely didn't think that in July.
0: <laughs> <So>. No. <laughs> I um, I know I was taking a pretty strong stance, and I don't even know how confident I felt in making this one. I just threw it out there. I remember when we talked about it. I was going back and forth. But now when spring comes next year, Kopech's going to be two and a half years removed from pitching in a pro ball game. So I'm going to do the same over-under except at 100 innings pitched next year. Would you take the over-under on that one? Under. You thinking injury? You thinking them just being careful with them? You thinking maybe minor league innings?
1: I just just think um, a combination of all of that. Yeah, mostly them being careful. I, I mean, I don't worry too much about like another injury if he comes back and you know like most of the time when guys come back they're usually all right you just kind of build them up or whatever but I just think they're going to be really careful and uh, maybe a few minor league innings too yeah I don't know not for sure on that but yeah I could see him even maybe using him in relief a little bit I mean I don't know I, I just don't think he's going to be out there like slinging a bunch of innings just you know I just don't see it so I'll take the under
0: so I know you're planning on doing some draft and holds early this offseason and we got Pearson we got Whitley and Kopech we just talked about I'm guessing you would have these ranked Pearson Kopech Whitley am I correct or would you have a different
1: uh Pearson would be one I'm pretty sure and then I'm not sure on the other two I really I, I need to look a little more into like um, kind of the injury like the timeline for kind of what's going on with each one of them mm-hmm. at the ex- this exact moment you know um, it's tough because it's still a ways away from the season obviously and they could all be fine and hopefully they are um, if I thought they were all gonna be fine I mean they're comparable talents you know but yeah I, I've top of my head right now without like digging into any of them too much. Pearson would be one. Yeah. The other two. I'm not too sure. I mean, like, like you said, the Astros seem like they kind of need Whitley or could use him. So, I mean, he could wind up throwing the most innings of the three, which yeah seems crazy right now, but I mean, it may not be in April.
0: No, i th- I think a year ago, I mean, we made a Pearson Whitley bet last year, and I think a lot of people would have taken Whitley at that time in terms of more innings pitched. And Pearson goes out there, and I guess he only threw 18 innings, but had he not gotten hurt, he probably would have pitched 40, 30, yeah. 40 innings. So, okay, we'll move on to f- bet number five here higher home run total in 2021. You took Manny Machado, and I. 2020. Had... Oh, yes. Yeah, that's correct. We didn't make this bet for next year. (laughs) Uh, You took Manny Machado, and you said he would hit three more home runs than Austin Meadows. And, man, these two guys had a very different seasons. Machado's value soared. I think he had 16 home runs and six or eight steals. And Meadows had a pretty rough season. He tested positive for COVID to start the year, and he did not perform well coming back. And I can't help but wonder if that – as part of what wrecked his season. That said, I don't think he comes anywhere near winning this belt bet, even if healthy, just because Machado was fantastic. So, Andrew, Machado's ADP, it's going to go up, and I think pretty significantly. And Meadows' value should drop some. Do you see yourself being in on either of these guys next year with these early ADPs that we're seeing?
1: Ah. Uh. Where do you think Meadows
0: will go? I, I want to say I wanna... on the last episode you mentioned he was going around like sixty five, something like that.
1: It's so like round five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'm in on it on Meadows there. Uh, Machado, at least in these mocks that they're kind of running or that are done, I'm pretty sure they're done now. But he was a second rounder. So obviously up from what he was. I mean, the good thing with Machado is it's proven, you know, it's just so like, you know what you're getting kind of, I mean, he's up and down a little bit. I mean, we've kind of talked about that, but like you just know, it's just a guy year over year that's consistently good and isn't going to lose playing time, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that may not seem like much when you're drafting guys this high, but there are guys with high risk that get drafted high too. So, I don't feel like Machado is really that Um, in the second round. I don't know if I'll be in on him, but I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not too much of a Meadows guy right now. I like a lot of the reason is because coming into this year I wasn't in and he obviously struggled. So it's like, I just, I don't know. I don't really think I'm going to be in next year unless it drops pretty significantly because I feel like where he like, here it's showing 69 is where you 18th outfielder off the board. And that's like more like where I thought he should go this year, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just think overall, I'm just not going to be the guy that's in on meadows, but that's okay. Yeah. I and a I- lot of it, a lot of it real quick, a lot of it's to do with the rays and the platooning and the, yeah, you know, like the, The minute you stop hitting lefties, you're not playing against them and all of that stuff. I just think that there's risk with playing time more than people just see on the surface. And uh, that's not something you want to be dealing with in round five.
0: No, no. Yeah, I think I'm not going to be owning. I I we'll probably do about three or four redraft leagues. And I don't think either one of those guys will be on either of my team, any of my teams meadows. I don't think falling fallen enough. And I just, I Machado's so up and down and like, I do agree with you. He is not, he's another way. I think I'd say it is he's not going to lose a league for you in the second round. But I also just don't think that I, I, I I've seen him go up and down too much for me to want to buy him on his up season. Yeah, I think. that's No, I I,
1: I agree with you. What's the I mean, what's the upside there? You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, here's one I completely forgot about. More home runs in 2020. I took Eric Hosmer and I said he would hit two more home runs than Evan White. And (laughs) with the caveat, assuming he's up opening day. And if this bet counted, Andrew, you would have won. Because White hit 8 bombs while Hosmer hit 9. But Hosmer did miss time with a broken finger. Played 15 less games. And I've talked about Hosmer and his swing change enough. I'm in on him going into next year. And we will talk soon when we do a rookie review podcast. But um, considering White, he was supposed to have a real good hit tool. But he struck out over 41% of the time in 202 plate appearances. So my question is... This concerning long-term, or are you confident he'll fix this as he gets a more extended look in the bags?
1: Definitely concerning. Uh, I heard somebody say at some point this year, Evan White hits the ball hard, he just doesn't hit it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is kind of the best way to sum it up. So, yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's interesting to see how, you know, where he goes and, um, kind of how he goes on from this year. He definitely had really low valleys this year to where it was. I mean, some of his struggle time points where he was struggling were really bad, but, um, he is young and you never know. I don't don't think, I mean, I think he'll be pretty cheap in drafts to where kind of like he was this year, you know, just, uh, Kind of like a corner infield flyer type thing, which is fine. I mean, I think that's kind of what he is right now. So,
0: yeah, you were right. He did, did hit the ball hard whenever he made contact.
1: Um, just yeah, just wasn't very often.
0: <laughs> I remember sharing about a month ago his fan or his um, stats on Baseball Savant because I was one thing that really stood out to me. I didn't realize just how fast he was. Eighty fifth percentile on speed. How did, I mean? He's a fast yeah. first baseman right there. But yeah, it was not pretty, um, hitting, not hitting the ball much, but hitting it hard. That makes me think of Mark Reynolds and (laughs) yeah, that's not a great path to go down. Even though Mark Reynolds has had himself a decently long career, I think he finally retired this last off season. Okay. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll carry on with these bets. All right, number seven. We have an over/under on home runs. Twenty home runs for Yuli Gurriel in 2020. I had the over, and Andrew, you had the under. And Yuli hit six home runs in 57 games. So this one would have been real close, but he was pacing for under 20. Um, my question: How many? What would you project for home run wise for him for next year? About the same? A little less?
1: I would say like we're assuming 162 games, right? Yes. I would say 17, 18.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's about right. right. That's what he paced for this year and yeah, I think I was a little over overly optimistic and I mean he's going to be let's see, he's 36 right now. He's going to turn 37 in the middle of the year next year getting a little long in the tooth there
1: to where you know
0: that doesn't that's not the be-all end-all Nelson Cruz is out there
1: proving that every year might even be a little high but the 17-18 but yeah somewhere in there it wouldn't be
0: an off season if we weren't hating on a Gurriel (laughs) (laughs) okay uh number eight over under 24 home runs for Michael Chavis in 2020 I took the under and Andrew you had the over and he hit 5 in 42 games. So, I remember this this when we talked about this last offseason. And I knew the power was legit. But my personal issue was I thought he'd lose full-time at-bats due to his poor ability to make contact. And he only did play 42 games. And I did go and look to see if there were injuries on Roto-World looking at his player news. And I didn't find any. I couldn't remember for sure. I do remember Jose Peraza getting some playing time there, but... He struggled to a 2.12 batting average and a 2.59 OBP, a 5% walk rate and a 31% strikeout rate. It, I mean, there's no way around it. He wasn't good. But the one thing he does have going for him is Boston is terrible right now, and I think they will be struggling again next year as they're without their ace and still trying to dig themselves out of the salary cap hole they or the salary hole that they've been in. They got in a year, they've been in. That means he could get another shot next year at full-time at-bats. So this is my question for you on Chavis. How confident are you in him holding down a position next year and getting 500 at-bats?
1: Not confident. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that uh, that Boston's going to be this bad again. Okay. And maybe that's just because
0: they're the Red Sox.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I feel like that they'll do things this off season to try and get some of that back. I'm not saying that it will completely work and they'll be back in the world series or anything like that. But I think that obviously this year was rock bottom and they lost, you know, they lost sale and Eduardo Rodriguez and, Ben just became a shell of himself and all, you know, just lost bets. I mean, it just, every single thing pretty much went wrong. Um, I would be willing to bet that that many things won't go wrong next year, but, um, yeah, I just don't think they will be the dumpster fire they were. And I don't know. It's, it's tough to project a guy like Chavis getting 500 at bats. I mean, I guess if, they were bad like say you know they're decent or holding it together in the first half and then they kind of fall apart maybe late in the year he's getting full-time at bats there but um I don't know it's just hard to it's hard for me to assume that going into the season yeah
0: he's a right-handed hitter who looks like he I think he's going to be a platoon guy I think he's going to be a Mark Reynolds type player that you want to play versus lefties but you just want to keep him on the bench versus righties and yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be more in the high threes, low fours in terms of 100s batting out. Uh, high th- 300s, low 400s in terms of at-bats. You know, um, yesterday we were talking about Jonathan VR on the Prospect 361 podcast, and we were talking about where he's going to end up next year. And I, as I was thinking about that today, I could see Boston as the type of place where he lands. Just a... Thought that crossed my mind today in terms of I could see them making that kind of pickup, and that guy being their second baseman.
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard you say that on there. And Did I actually say that? Sounded,
0: <laughs> oh,
1: on the show? Well, yeah, on the podcast. All right, I know one of you guys mentioned it. I, it would have been me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope uh, I hope Boston is bad. Like I said, I. If Boston's bad I mean like VR needs to be on a bad team we've said it a million times you know like that's that's what needs to happen when he's on a good team it's tough to get the playing time man and it's just perfect for him whatever when you guys were talking about VR on there it was it was uh it was good I, I almost wanted to just jump into the conversation <laughs> because I just was thinking in my head like you know the he's a good fantasy player. Yep. He's not really a good real life player. I mean, he's okay, but he's just kind of blah. But, um, a lot of the reason there's intrigue with him and stuff in fantasy is because of his speed and all that. And obviously you just need playing time for that. And it's just easier to get playing time on a bad team. So I've just always kind of been of the mindset. VR just needs to be on, you know, like he's been on Baltimore and Miami and it's worked out, you know, and then he goes to Toronto, which is a significantly better team, or at least, or at least in Baltimore, I guess, Miami was pretty decent after they got rid of VR, but um, (laughs) VR was terrible on Toronto. I mean, he was losing playing time. He wasn't even really playing that much. And when he did, he wasn't good. So I just feel like if he's, you know, like a good team, isn't gonna put up with his inability to get on base lately and stuff like that i mean he's just struggled a lot so but if he's on a bad team he can run wild and steal 50 bases that's all we care about
0: yep if you own him in a dynasty league or you draft him in a fantasy league you want him on a bad team okay uh moving on to the next bet more dollars earned in 2021 i took chris bryant and andrew you took eugenio suarez this one was not that close um eugenio suarez earned nine dollars and bryant to my surprise, earned $3.70. I wonder if that was negative. And I just missed the negative because he was Sure not...
1: seemed like it.
0: Yeah, you being the Cubs fan, you would know better than me, but it's rough. Both had disappointing batting averages near the Mendoza line, but at least Eugenio Suarez brought the power with 15 home runs. Bryant only had four. So, um... Let's talk about Bryant here, because I think Suarez. I'm 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 not really that worried at all about Suarez and that batting average. Do you have anything to add on him before I go into Bryant here?
1: No, no, not really.
0: Okay, so just going to bluntly ask it: Is Chris Bryant cooked? Or, is he cooked?
1: Uh, he definitely was this year. I won't. I won't rule out a guy with his talent to resurface and be. You know, like one of those guys, I mean, it's, it's probably getting to the point with him where it's going to become so trendy to not buy in that, I mean, sometimes you can find bargains with guys like that and they bounce back, you know. Uh, I think there was – I think he was playing hurt a lot this year. And, um, like, I won't be surprised if Chris Bryant – bounces back somewhat in the next one to two, two to three years, you know, and to MVP levels. No, I don't think that, but I don't think that he's as bad as he was this season.
0: Now, let me, let me ask it this way more or less likely. Uh, let me, Would you say it's over or under 50% chance of him having another top 10 season as a fantasy third baseman again, would you take up over or under 50%?
1: Like do I just do I think it's gonna happen?
0: Yes. In his career.
1: I'll say yes. I think he does it.
0: Yeah. It could. I mean it was ugly this year and it's hard to get much uglier. We've seen it we've seen people with these shoulders have really rough seasons and bounce back. I don't know what I think personally. I I know this much. Um he needs a big year next year because he's a free agent. He had that whole ordeal where he tried Going through the uni- or going through the courts to make himself a free agent sooner. It may be a blessing in disguise that he's not a free agent this off season, because he needs to have a big year. I mean, he probably would be signing some short prove it deal anyways, but he really needs to have a big ne- year next year. He's made fifteen, eighteen million this year. Probably will make a little more than that in arbitration this next off season. But pressure's on for Bryant.
1: Who would you take next year? Will Myers or Chris Bryant?
0: Hmm, two different positions here. Uh, man, Myers had a good year, but that's another guy who's been up and down so much. The, re- mean,
1: the reason I ask is because I'm looking at the ADPs for the two early mocks, and they're pretty close to each other.
0: I don't trust Myers, especially in that Tampa organization who's competing. Man, San Diego. San Diego. What did I just say? Tampa. <laughs> is that two teams ago? No, no. It was Tampa to San Diego, right? Um, I think. Yes. I think Royals so, yeah. to Tampa to Kansas or to San Diego. Yeah. Myers just did it. He's still running a little, I think. But, man, this is the old. Yeah, he Bilo ran some so this high. year. Oh, uh, I don't. Who are you taking? I don't know.
1: Um,. Probably Bryant. Probably, yeah. you know what the answer is. Neither. Probably, <laughs> but um, yeah, probably Bryant. I tell you what, I um, not to get too much into these other guys, but Josh Donaldson's like forty picks after both of them. I yeah. would take that.
0: I was just about to say, who would I rather have, Chris Bryant or Will Myers? My answer is Vlad Junior.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's above both of them, but yeah.
0: Yeah, or yeah, give me Josh Donaldson 40 picks later. Uh, yeah, yeah, Neither one of those guys are going to probably be on my teams. Unless yeah, Brian mine either. just follows far enough. Okay, we're on to bet number 10. Who wins the Super Bowl, Andrew? I took the Chiefs after I pretty much let you pick your team, and I took the other one, and you took the 49ers. And this is the only True. bet that counts because this one happened before COVID. So I'm going to go on right now and announce myself as the baseball 365 bets winner this year. Thanks to this one
1: football bet. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that we even made this one. But yeah, it was a good Super Bowl.
0: It was and, a good uh, Super
1: Bowl. Yeah, the Chiefs definitely look a lot better this year than yeah. the Niners than the Niners do.
0: You need to stop taking these sucker bets with me because I've done this twice to you now where I've said, I don't know, you pick, and I'll take the other one. Because I did the same thing with the Astros twin and twins. And
1: Yeah, but <laughs> I got you I got you on the ALCS though.
0: Did I did I? Keep, oh shoot, you're right. Okay, yeah. never mind. That can
1: And out. and I said raisin seven.
0: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Crap! I forgot we actually. Got it. I forgot we took. Got to pat myself on takes. the
1: back for that.
0: <laughs> yep. Never mind. I take back everything I said, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll. I'm sure I'll probably do this to you again, because whenever I don't know, I just like making a bet. I like letting you pick one, and I'll just take the other. Yeah,
1: you've definitely had the edge on me on those.
0: Um, number eleven, Starling Marte stolen base totals in 2020. I had over 26 and Andrew you had under 26 and he stole 10 in 61 games which I do want to add there was a 60 game season and he played 61 games I just noticed this when making show notes so
1: oh wow I never I didn't notice that that's awesome yeah he he was that because of the because of the uh trade
0: yep he was a Marlin and you know they Whenever had to catch up, up
1: all the games. Exactly. He yeah. When
0: he got traded to the Marlins, they had to catch up because of the Cardinals getting COVID there in early part of the season. So, anyways, this one would have been close. I think I'd set his line for the low to mid-20s, though. I mean, he's stole 10 in 61 games. That means he probably was pacing for something like 25, which means, yeah, would have been
1: close. Yeah, like 26, 27, yeah, right there. But he just turned
0: 32. I know I think I remember us talking and him being under contract team controlled contract for next year. But yeah, I think I'm setting the I'd set the bar at around the mid twenties this go around. What about you?
1: Yeah, like twenty four. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're in agreement there. Okay, uh number twelve. How many of us say we were doing thirteen, so we're getting near the end. Uh, Keitel Marte, 2020 batting average. I said it was over 285, and Andrew, you took the under. And this one was really close. He hit 287, so he did barely c- clear 285, but that is not what his owners were talking about this year. After hitting 32 home runs in 2019, he only had two home runs in 45 games this year. So when you look at his career stats, because I went and did some digging, his 32 home runs are definitely an outlier compared to the other seasons. He hasn't hit more than 14 homers in his previous four seasons of pro ball, and had a grand total of th- 22 home runs in the 380 or so f- games in his career before last year. But the big difference I saw when I went moved over to baseball Savant was his barrel percentage. Last year he had a 9.3% barrel rate, and this year, 60 game sam- or 45 game sample. It was only 3.7%, so that was significantly down. Uh, other Savant baseball savant um, stats, sweet spot, ex- expected batting average, expected slug, all of them down. Andrew, we don't have any steamer projections yet, so we're doing this blind right now. If I was to ask you to pick like an over-under, set the bar at what his home run total would be next year, where are you putting it?
1: Um, uh, I would say like nineteen or twenty.
0: That's pretty much right there. What What do they saw that cut in cut in the middle? What is that line called? Pretty much going right in between.
1: Yeah, I definitely. It sucks because I took the under because I was out on him and he overed the batting average, but under everything <laughs> else. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the luck So I base felt there. like I mean I felt like overall it was a good call, it just not the batting average. But uh yeah, I mean, come on. Like thirty two homers. I, it is, you know, happy fun ball and all that, so you never know. But yeah, I think I'd set it around twenty. I mean, I think he's a solid player, gonna get everyday playing time and is a pretty decent hitter. I just don't think he has like crazy power or anything like that. So I'd probably put it around twenty.
0: I was talking with one of our buddies, uh, actually two of our buddies, Ben and Ryan about these bets earlier this week. We, I was just kind of going over the ones and what we were going to be talking about. And we talked about Ketel for a little bit. And the thing they brought up that I hadn't noticed, but then I went and looked, I guess the um, league average for exit velocities, a lot velocity, somewhere around 90% nine or 90 miles an hour. I think they were saying, I haven't looked that up to back that up, but, that's what they were telling me. And they're pretty smart guys. I'm sure that's with some research and they were like, "Ketel Marte has never been somebody that's really had a high exit velocity. And sure enough, when I looked, I think it was something like 90, 92. He was just barely above average. So yeah, Yeah, they're
1: all like in the, I'm looking at it right now. They're all like in the 87 to 90 range.
0: mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I would, like, if if someone gave me, I think, what would you say, 19? Yeah,
1: 19 or 20, yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, if I was given the over-under on that, I'm taking the under, I think. I That 32 may be the outlier, but who knows? Who knows? He definitely, yeah. what he's really good at is getting the bat on the ball. I mean, his strikeout rate, again, was somewhere around 10%, if I recall, and 98th percentile on whiff and K percentage. So... Good at getting the bat on the ball, but he's got to make harder contact if he wants to get get back to 30 home runs.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Final bet, who earns more value in 2020? Uh, Andrew, you had Gene Segura, and I had Kevin Newman. And Kevin Newman managed to have negative $3.40 of value this year because it was not pretty. Segura, who I know I was really out on mostly because the speed keeps dropping, he still earned $7.60 in this shortened season. So Newman was a huge disappointment, 224 batting average, 281 OBP, one home run, and zero steals in 172 plate appearances. Are you holding out any hope for this guy? I know this is one that you also were not high on going into this year, and you can pat yourself on the back on that one.
1: Yeah, not too much. I mean the I guess the best thing for him is that he's in Pittsburgh and
0: Tell Cole opportun- Tucker that
1: opportunities can always pop up, but I don't know. I mean I feel like he was just way, way too trendy coming into the year. Like a lot of people seem to like him. And I don't know, it was just like a short hot stretch last year and he just had all this buzz and just wasn't really buying into it, so... Yeah, not too much hope, I guess, but in Pittsburgh, there's always job openings. You never know. Yeah. People were intrigued
0: by that 12 home runs and 16 steals in 130 games, but it was a one-season one, one season sample. He had never re- hit over four home runs in a season any stop through the minor leagues. So, yeah, it was not pretty. Um, moving on to Segura... Stole two bags in 54 games. Year after year, that speed keeps dropping. Should he be be projected for even 8 to 10 steals next year? Like, if I set the bar at 8, are you taking the over or the under? Over. Really? Ooh, I might might take you on this one because you said the answer that quick. Yeah, I'll do it. Let's get our first bet in here. I think I'm going to say I'll take the under. I'm going to lose this he's I, I i lose everything it seems with segura anytime i ever have a take on him i'm wrong
1: <laughs> any uh any caveats on games or
0: um you're the one taking the overs what do you let's say he, let's <laughs> so no <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a caveat let's say he's got to play at least 130 games 140 135.
1: It doesn't even have to be that much. It just as long as <laughs> you're it's that not, confident. Well, I'm okay. Just saying you tell that, me what like, you. Do. I mean, what if he plays 120 and gets it? You know, like.
0: Well, then you win. That's the beauty of it. If if he plays less and you get it, well, so okay, 100 and it, You just 120. 120 is good. 120 yeah, games.
1: Take, is it eight even?
0: Yeah, I'm putting, we're putting the over under at eight, so eight's a chop. Okay. All right.
1: We yeah, gotta, I'll take the over.
0: Okay, we got our first bet. I didn't think we were going to get one in here. Though then again, actually, when we come back from our break, that finishes up these bets, and I've got one I'm going to try to get one. at I'm going to try to get one out of you here. right Segura, at, when we come back.
1: Segura 87th percentile spread speed.
0: Yeah. He's still so, pretty fast. He is fast. He still doesn't. He just doesn't steal. But he. Okay, no. Now I've got to go look because you said that. How many times was he caught stealing this year? Because that was the thing that really stuck out to me the year before. Wow, he's ten for twelve. Well, uh, oh, wait a minute. No, that was last year. Two for four two, this year.
1: Two for four.
0: Yeah. And he was ten for twelve last year. I'm. I'm still thinking back to the previous few years when he was twenty for thirty one in 2018. That was the one that really stuck out to me. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna that.
1: win. I'm gonna win that one. I feel so good about it. <laughs> I think he's going to steal like 14 to 16. I should
0: have put the number at 11 <laughs> or 12 then, it sounds like. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and I'm going to try to get one more bet out of you here. Okay, Andrew, this is my... Well, actually, no, I shouldn't do that first. Let's talk about the World Series. We got the Rays and the Dodgers. I saw you made the post on Baseball 365 asking everybody to call their shot. Who wins and how many games? What do you got?
1: I am going to say Dodgers win and I'm going to say... I'm going to just stick with the theme and say seven games. I think it's I think it's going to be an awesome series. I actually I don't feel great about the Dodgers winning. Like I think that the Rays just have, you know how like it's it's hard to describe, but there's just um, there's some teams where it's just like everything just seems to be clicking in the right ways and even though they're not the favorite you just feel like they have that quote-unquote magic surrounding them i know it's like cliche but that's how the rays feel to me and it's hard to pick against them because of that for me even with the dodgers but i'm just going to go with the better team i picked them before the playoffs and i yeah i'm just going with that but I think it's going to be a great series. I will not be surprised at all if the Rays win it. Yeah,
0: I'm doing the same. Dodgers and seven. I think I voted on yours before, and I don't remember what I said a couple of days ago. But, yeah, I think that as as I was sitting here and I was asking you, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what am I taking even before you said think I think I'm going Dodgers and seven. So we're in agreement there. But here's the bet I want to try to squeeze out of you. Unless we have the same one, then it won't work. Pick your World Series MVP. <laughs> Mookie That eh, Crap. Yeah. I'm, well, never mind that. Because <laughs> I was going to, my, my if you had said anybody but Mookie, I was going to say, what if we each pick a guy and if you get the guy right, you win a bet. And if neither of us get it right, then obviously that's null and void. But, um, yeah.
1: Oh, is that who you – that's who you wanted?
0: Yeah, I was going to take Mookie. And I, I really hadn't even thought about it until I saw our good buddy Eric Cross from Fantrax. And Eric's a Boston native. You sure, you
1: don't, you, you, sure you don't want a Rosarena? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no 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 but it wouldn't shock me i'm not putting anything past that guy right now with how hot yeah he no running. kidding if i no mean kidding. if you were picking tampa to win the world series and you had to pick one ray to be the mvp you're picking our rosarina aren't you or are you gonna go with yeah. one of the pitchers
1: yeah i mean he would be probably the top guy
0: yeah so anyways um eric cross he's a boston sports fan and i saw him say something on twitter that was really it, i should say it it made me realize i'm like yeah mookie's gonna win mvp if they win this he said you know being a he said mookie Bats is gonna win mvp of the world series because that's what's gonna ha- that's what happens whenever boston red Sox trade away a star they go somewhere else and win a win world series and win mvps and thinking of pay Perth and all that about a hundred years ago yeah that's only fitting just to make this all suck worse for boston sports fans right now
1: yeah it's uh it's rough he's uh he's been really good yeah seager too seager's been smoking hot
0: and mike let we didn't talk about this but bellinger that blast he hit which ended up being the game winner Oh, man, that was murdered, and he strutted his stuff once he hit that thing. But yeah. did you see that he – I guess he hurt his shoulder on the celebration for that,
1: didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he was, um, like, banging forearms or whatever with Kike. I think it was Kike, maybe. Are
0: they saying – is he going to be okay?
1: I think he's fine, yeah. I think okay. they said something about popping back into place or something. I don't know. I, I think – I think oh. I heard him say something in the post or in the post game. I was like half listening. You know, it was just on in the background. But, but I think I heard him say that they popped it back into place. I don't know if he was kidding or what. Maybe he was.
0: but No, actually, that's a legit thing. I remember that happened to Hanley Ramirez. I owned Hanley Ramirez back in his Marlins days early on when he was elite. And he he messed up his shoulder once and popped it out. And they just popped it right back in. And he was in yeah. the lineup the next day so yeah
1: like i said i didn't i wasn't listening real close and i couldn't wasn't paying attention enough to know like how much how serious but yeah it kind of be kind of rough to injure yourself on something like that huh?
0: <laughs> Kendrick's morales would know all about that
1: oh yeah yeah you but... know to this day every time i see a guy jump at home plate i think of that mm-hmm. every every time mm-hmm. when i see it and it you know, I remember shortly after that, no one was doing it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I, I, don't I don't know, know if scared. you remember that. But yeah. Every, yeah, nobody was doing it. Now it's obviously long forgotten and everyone's doing it. But I still think of it when I see a guy jump into the crowd at home plate. So
0: going back to that Ken, Kendry's home run, a week before that happened, I traded him away in my home keeper league to Van Lee, our um, who a lot of you guys know from the. Um, Fantrax Dynasty Baseball Podcast. I think it's going it's called the Dynasty Podcast again or something like that. A lot of you guys know Van Lee. He's been he does a podcast for Jeff Zimmerman. He's a longtime friend of mine. We we grew up together at, around here in southwest Missouri. But yeah, I traded him Kendrice Morales for Andre Ethier in a deal. And then that happened a couple days later. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's just bad luck. That yeah, I I seem to have that kind of luck just going on. Uh, one other time, I made a deal where I traded a Padres pitcher and a closer in that home keeper league. I can't even remember the Padres pitcher's name. Um, he was having a good year early on, and for CC Sabathia, and I made that trade and C, And the Padres pitcher had Tommy John surgery three days later. I had no Jeez. idea when I made that deal. <laughs> Jeez around the same time you just sometimes you're on the good end of those and then other times you're on the bad end
1: of those just just gotta uh, just gotta appreciate when you're on the good end of them and know that you might be on the bad end of it sometime
0: yeah i don't know if i've ever gotten those back so i'm still due to get something like that but then again if i go look at some of my dynasty trades i'll i'll want to cry just for (laughs) that so maybe 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 it's come back Okay, well, we've got a bet on the board for next year. We've gone over our bets, and now we got a World Series to watch. We, I guess we should be enjoying these. We don't have many more left before we've got
1: a winter to go through. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, got a long uh, man. It's gonna be a long winter,
0: <laughs> it's but be a long...
1: yeah, we'll get a we'll get a lot of shows in and hopefully provide some good stuff. So.
0: Yeah, we're going to – I th- I think we're planning on doing a mock draft. Maybe next will be our mock draft. Uh, there are a couple things coming up that I know we, I want to talk about. We'll get a mock draft in, and I want to do a rookie review. We really – I've avoided talking about rookies late this year because I want to do just a rookie review podcast, and I think we'll do that too here in the near yeah. future. So, yeah, that sounds good. we got a couple things coming up, so – all right, we got a World Series predictions. Andrew, I hope you enjoy the World Series. You got anything else before we get out of here?
1: Nope, that'll do it. Okay,
0: well, thank you all for listening. Take care,
1: everybody. Yeah, take care, guys.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 Podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a
1: year.